1: It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment right. It's time to get locked and loaded with Gun Sports Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey, will teach you everything there is to know about firearms, self defense, and the laws that affect your American right to own and bear arms. Now, here's your hosts, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey.
0: All
1: right, folks, welcome to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96 1 AM 1170 the answer he's my new answer guy by the way I, I noticed that he took your job yeah last week we had so answer. much fun with it <laughs> hey this segment is brought to you by the gun range San Diego 7853 Balboa Avenue in lovely San Diego open 10 to 10 seven days a week the Nordstroms of gun ranges just not the price go to the gunrange diego.com see all the great uh, deals rentals classes training uh i'm telling you you'll go down there and that place is spotless you'll love it very well soundproof nothing abusive they've got uh range uh, folks there that can help you if you're a first-time shooter or a long-time shooter doesn't make any difference check out the gun range san diego 7853 balboa avenue family-owned and operated 10 to 10 seven days a week well, Lance,
2: welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Sorry, I was out last week, and boy, what a week it was! This week with a San, e- San Diego City Council vote—ugliness, yeah. guys, yeah. ugliness, ugliness. But Michael pretty Schwartz,
1: pretty how are you today?
3: Doing fantastic. Couldn't be
1: better. And uh, that's uh, San Diego County gun owners, folks. Ten bucks, get you on the in the family. Yep, and you'll be
3: very appreciative. And with that being said, your special guest today is a fantastic special guest, uh, a friend of mine, a, a community leader, someone I re, uh, respect very much, uh, James Ilya, are you on the line?
4: Hey, I'm here, Michael. How's everyone doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show today.
3: Perfect. So the reason uh, we brought James on the show mm-hmm. is uh, he's a really, really great guy. Um, uh, he's running for El Cajon City Council cool. and he's on the Central Committee for the Democratic Party and he's an uh, outspoken, uh, well-spoken uh, advocate for uh, all kinds of Second Amendment issues and uh, I just wanted him to come on and, and, and talk a little bit about your race, James.
4: Excellent. Well, yeah, thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to do so. Um, I am indeed running for city council in El Cajon in district four. Um, I've always lived in the city of El Cajon. It's the only place that I know that's actually home to me. Um, you know, there's a, a, a multitude of issues facing the city. I mean, there's, there's the opioid epidemic public safety. Um, I mean, we've, we've got a, a real, a real problem on our hands with, uh, uh, the homeless crisis that's going on. Uh, and, and besides that, there's a real affordable housing, uh, issue that that's that sort of a mass in the city as well
3: well what ma- what like made I- you what made you personally want to jump in i know you've been involved in politics for years but what made you say hey you know what i i the, the place for me in politics is to uh get elected what was that decision
4: yeah so um uh, really what it came down to was you, you know how, how can i be effective and and i looked at my allies and i looked at everybody in the community and being Chaldean, I feel like there's a lot of bridges that I can build in the community mm-hmm. that we can help in regards to developing and really making the city uh, uh, stride. So, so, so really, what it came down to was where can I be effective? You know, uh, I, I don't want to run for office just to run for office. Uh, uh, that's, that's not a goal of mine. That's not that's not something that I aspire to. And, and in fact, there's oftentimes more stress involved in politics than there is to not be involved. Uh, but but I really took a look at it and I said, you know. El Cajon's finally districted. There's a time uh, There's a time to get fresh new ideas to the city where it's not this quote-unquote old boys club that's been happening for a long time. So I said this is my opportunity to really get in there and make an impact in my community, and, and that's what motivated me to run.
3: Well, a lot of people uh, took a leadership role when when Ben Kalasho, the former El Cajon City Council member, was there. What a nightmare he was. But you were definitely one of the people <laughs> who stood up uh, and made sure that uh, that night that we we all got to wake up from that nightmare, and then he, he's no longer on the city council. He was really bad news, and I just wanted to say publicly, thank you so much for your leadership on that.
4: Absolutely, I appreciate it and and you know the, that, that's one thing that is definitely not partisan. You know uh, a lot of people have this um, outlook of Democrats that that they, they they they're biased, but I wanted to prove that this is not a biased issue. Ben Colossso behaved terribly he treated women in the city terribly he treated constituents terribly and uh he treated
3: men terribly he treated everybody terribly he was really really bad news
4: everybody and so you know i felt an obligation that if there was a threat to to the city and to my people i had an obligation to stand up and i did you know uh uh and 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 luckily a lot of the city came together and 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 it really became a nonpartisan issue eventually and I'm, just, I'm, I'm happy. I'm
3: thankful he's gone. So James, and that's you know we are a nonpartisan group, uh, San Diego yeah. County gun owners, and uh, you know we are solely focused on on one issue, uh, which is of course the Second Amendment. But I know there's probably a lot of listeners that are thinking you know well, if you're you're pro Second Amendment, you're not just a Democrat, but you're actually involved in the Democratic leadership. Uh, You know, what's that like? And I'm not saying that Republicans are all perfect. Uh, You know, (laughs) we we (laughs) fight with Republicans over Second Amendment issues, uh, you know, fairly often. Yes, we do. But, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, gun owners out there who who just want to know what's it like being Democratic leadership and uh, being an advocate for Second Amendment issues.
4: You know, it's um, uh, it's it's challenging, um, but. You know, uh, uh, unless you're willing to get the outcome you want, you ne- you're never going to do that without challenge. You know, mm. uh, the thing that you have to do is you have to realize that, you know, we're not pushing ideas. What we're doing is we're collaborating amongst the community to find out methods of how to keep our community safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I can just tell you from my personal experiences, um, you know, my dad was a single father refugee from Iraq. Uh, my mother passed away at a young age from cancer. And I'm one of eight kids. And my dad, my my, my dad had support eight children. He had a liquor store on 30th and Market in the 80s. And I can tell you right now, if, if he didn't have a firearm, he wouldn't be alive today. Wow. You know, he was he was multiple times. He was um, held at the gunpoint for, you know, 70 bucks in a register. Wow. And if it wasn't for the fact that he was able to carry a weapon, uh, he, he 100% would not be here today. So I, I'm an advocate for the Second Amendment because... It helped save my, my dad's likelihood and our family's likelihood. Um, but 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 on top of that, I mean, I, I think my testimony could actually reach a lot of Democrats across the aisle. You know, uh, um, I always point out when, when I have a conversation with Democrats that most gun laws directly impact people of color. And, um, you know, it, it started off with, you know, Malcolm X and, 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 and you know, they wanted to arm themselves and pro- protect themselves from nationalism and, and white supremacy and uh that's when laws really start going into effect so i'm never big on taking away the rights of people of color to defend themselves mm-hmm. uh just for the idea of, of of comfort and self-satisfaction
2: and james it's uh, lance pelkey real quick so uh, yeah. along the lines of white supremacy and that that the latest uh, court of whatever that's happening with the democrat party is you know basically calling us uh, white supremacist and and that, and anyone dealing with a gun, you know, and white supremacy goes hand in hand. How do you answer that?
4: Well, I mean, I'll, first off, it's a lazy argument. Um, uh, you know, the the fact that you would call yeah the fact that you would call any sort any any person who owns a gun a white supremacist or an extremist or or worse off putting the blame. I mean, I, I was sick to my stomach, and I actually got into it with some people that I consider allies because they were posting things like. Um, oh, what happened to good guys with guns are the only ones that are going to oh. someone against the gun.
1: Yeah, I've seen to that, me, too.
4: To, to me, I think it's sick, and I think it's twisted to, 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 to criticize and call someone a coward who's running for their life. They're literally running for their life, and you're going to call them a coward because they're not being a hero? I mean, to me, that's the equivalent of, of talking about the 9-11 people on planes that didn't take over the plane. You know, you 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 never ever ever turn around and blame a victim for 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 something. And and a lot of that was going on. And I've been really outspoken about that the last couple of days.
3: Um, well, well, I, I got to tell you, it, I mean, white any kind of white supremacy has no shelter no. in San Diego County, gun owners. No. We are never. absolutely nowhere near tolerant, anti of that, um, and it, it, not even close. I, I can't even really think of an incident where you know any of our membership or any of our rhetoric or anything's come anywhere near that i mean it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous so we just have a couple minutes and i just wanted you to talk about what you and i were talking about a little bit when it, when it comes to the the platform can you go into that a little bit
4: yeah you know and 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 that was uh that was something that that it, it really gave me hope toward the uh future of the democratic party and actually opening up and having conversations about the issues of the second amendment um uh, you know, the, for the first time ever, we have a young, great party chair. His name is William Rodriguez Kennedy. Uh, the guy's a real inspiration to me. He um, He's overcome a lot in his life. He's a former Mar- or, or he's a Marine, because once a Marine, yep. always a Marine. Yep. Um, and, you know, he decided that we need to have a platform for our candidates to take into consideration when they run for our endorsement. So I said, great. So we've been having these platform meetings. And uh, the last meeting that I went to where we sort of crafted everything together we have about 20 or 21 bullet points for, for things that we support. And there was a, there was a young man in the, in, in in the crowd. And I, I, I've never seen him at any party things, but I've seen him at some anti-gun events. And um, he mentioned that he wanted guns, uh, 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 anti-guns or anti-Second Amendment legislation put into the platform. So I I took it as an opportunity to stand up and, and speak about, you know, you know, my, my history and my beliefs. And I said, you know, under no circumstances should we even consider putting anti-guns in sort of inside of the Democratic platform.
3: And James, and you, the reason and, being- and you did a really good job of getting it blocked. I, I apologize. We're running out of thank time. You. But uh, I did, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's have you on again. And thank you for the hard work you're doing. You know, Will, the chairman of the Democratic Party, years ago, he it was his idea. And he helped me get an NRA seminar at the LGBT Center in Hillcrest. I don't know if you knew that. Did I ever tell you that?
4: No, uh, you, you mentioned it, but it's fantastic. And yep. like I said, he's willing to work across the aisles, so that's great.
3: Great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah.
1: For- that's the key, <laughs> working across the aisles yeah. for common good. Good man. Yep,
2: that's it. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Thanks, James. For- All, for- fun. Fun. All right.
1: We're going to take a quick break. Gun Sports Radio, FM one AM 1170.
3: The Answer.
1: folks, welcome back to Gun Sports Radio. I'm Dave. Uncle Lance. And I'm Mike. And this is FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey folks, have you you've heard us talk about how easy it is to install a Cali key and how it makes your AR rifle California legal in recognition of recent gun law changes? Those law changes can put the unknowing owner of an AR-15 or AR-10 on the wrong side of jail door. If you want to keep your AR pistol grip, telescoping stock, four grips, and still have a detachable magazine, check out Cali Key. Cali Key is a cost-effective, easy solution that will allow you to keep your AR compliant, future-proof your ARs from all those horrible new California gun laws. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. And do you or any of your family keep a taser, pepper spray, firearms, or other weapons for personal protection? Do you have or are you going to get a CCW? Well, if you're involved in an incident, what is your plan to pay for the bail and the expensive lawyer fees? If you join Firearms Legal Protection for less than $10 a month, you'll have peace of mind knowing a 24-hour hotline and legal representation is waiting for you and your family. That's Firearms Legal Protection at www.firearmslegal.com or 469-310-9100. And hopefully you never have to use them. But if you do, you could very easily get our next guest, one of the best gun lawyers in the industry, from Gatsky Dillon & Balance, LLP. You can go to cafirearmslaw.com or you can call John Direct at 760-431-431. Nine five oh one. That's seven six oh four three one nine five oh one. Don't make a move without talking to John. Hey John, how's it going? Hey guys, how are you? Not bad. What are you up to?
5: Yeah, I'm just uh enjoying the Sunday with the family and uh getting a little work done while I can.
1: It's too <laughs> hot. It's too hot. What are you doing?
5: yeah uh, no, yeah. So um you know, obviously, it's been uh, an, an insane and horrific uh, yeah. last couple of days with the shootings that have gone on in uh, you know, El Paso and Ohio. So we do have a uh, renewed discussion regarding gun control uh, going on in this country, and you know, I'm sure all of you have seen just the thousands of posts and mm. comments and, and and all that regarding those shootings and. I think I'll have something to say on that in a second here, but uh, first, the, the one you know, legal update I wanted to, to bring forward, uh, unfortunately, again, it's not great news uh, <laughs> to, in the slightest, but we had a, another uh, district court decision uh, out of the Central District uh, with regard to the assault weapons challenge uh, in California. Uh, and unfortunately, we have a ruling uh, that goes against the Second Amendment. It's uh, from U.S. District Court Judge Josephine St- uh, Staten, uh, who basically said that the semi-automatic rifles are not you know, protected by the Second Amendment as they are, quote, incredibly effective killing machines. And she did not consider them in common use or necessary for self-defense. Um, so you can kind of see the opinion of the the judge here in this case uh but again uh it's one of those uh the rulings that seems to go against the the, the facts um you know we're talking about AR15 style rifles uh, and, and their equivalents, uh, you know, it's generally considered uh, the most popular rifle in the country. Uh, and also in, in California, where, you know, I don't think I know a gun owner who doesn't own one. Um, you know, I know people who don't even like guns that own them uh, just because they know that's the gun to have if they need a gun. Well,
3: mm-hmm. well, John, have you ever heard a, in a legal opinion something so... Uh i don't know personal objective. or yeah so subjective as them being affect the what are they the effective incredibly killing machi- effective incredibly effective killing, killing, killing machines. machines have you ever yeah. heard a judge you know weigh in like that in a legal opinion it sounds so unprofessional
5: yeah it's just one of those things that yeah unfortunately you see a lot in these second amendment cases uh uh you it's We'd all like to think that, uh, you know, you always get the judicious, unbiased, you know, perfectly balanced opinion that, you know, is only considers the law in front of them. But, you know, we're all human. Human nature uh, has an effect on everyone. No one's immune from it. Uh, and so you, you do see a lot of these, you know, more subjective, opinions kind of, or even bias kind of leak through when you see uh, opinions like this in these cases, it's, um, you know, well, let me
3: ask you, and and this is something that I've been kind of thinking about. And frankly, it's, I I think kind of a, it's kind of controversial. Um, do you think that, uh, Heller versus DC in the opinion where Scalia said, Hey, um, you know, you have to let people have firearms and it's an individual, right? And all that other, you know, great stuff, but then said, but you can regulate M 16s. We're well, not saying you can't reg- uh, regulate M 16s. And it seemed so, um, it seemed so kind of off the cuff and I'm not sure that was all that well thought out, uh, you know, especially considering Miller, uh, back in the thirties that basically said, Hey, um, unless it has some kind of legitimate, uh, you know military use, then you can regulate it, which is why they were able to, uh, you know, uh, regulate short barreled shotguns. They basically said in Miller that hey, uh, if it's a short barreled shotgun, it's got no military use, and therefore is not protected by the Second Amendment. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. And then you have Scalia saying, well, you can you can't regulate guns unless it's an M-16, which is what the military uses, it seems kind of in direct conflict and and kind of led to this horrible decision. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people when, uh, you know, you hear and read about the discussion and the the opinion in DCV Heller, about a lot of those comments and and how they seem to, you know, conflict with, you know, historical interpretations and other case law and, you know, um, you know, as we all know, you know, we have the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And, you know, it not only we've guaranteed this is an individual right for self-defense, but it is a, a militia right. We still have uh, militias. We have the organized militia, which is, you know, you know State National Guard, all them. Uh, but there's still an unorganized militia, and that is, you know, the people. And it's still in existence and it still is able to form uh militia services to defend against you know either outside or domestic attacks and you know, it's one of those weird uh conflicts you see there it's like you know w- when they wrote this you know every the guns that were used and the guns that they they knew everyone would own everyone would use everyone would have in their home those were uh arms of warfare and they they're firearms that were made for war and made for fighting and there's countless, you know, historical pieces that, that were written during the time that literally described these as weapons of war. And that's what they intended, these people, you know, us, you know, the people of the United States to be able to arm themselves with. And then you had that, you know, with the dangerous, unusual weapons comment and, and Heller, it, you do see a conflict, you know, they tried to regulate, you know, uh, machine guns and M-16s because, oh, those are the weapons of war, but, you know, semi automatics. That they're not weapons of war so that's okay so there's a weird conflict there um and, and yeah i think you you see uh people try to take advantage of that conflict in, in the wording and you know you try to get you'll get opinions like this where they say that uh you know uh, a commercial a semi-automatic air 15 is virtually indistinguishable from uh you know a military m16 and it's not. There's a big difference between the two, uh, but it, regardless, you know, uh, they're in common use. Everyone has them. If you have a gun, you basically have an AR-15 these days. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, it's they're there.
3: My 77-year-old uh, mom has an AR-15. Yeah,
5: everyone does. It's better and
3: than mine, actually.
5: <laughs> to, to to make a comment that these are not in common use and people don't use them for self-defense, it's it. it is it enters into an absurdity of a comment that doesn't it makes it's non-existent in reality Yeah,
2: and, um, and, and, and talking about the courts for a second i mean and that's the past the past is the past but i think moving forward what we see with these new appointees with trump and the ninth district and that i think we've got a bright future personally so i i understand what you're saying about this and i understand that you know we've been kind of being ground into this with the you know over over the years and and they're they're trying to take the weapons of the war away but I see the tide changing, actually, with these new judges coming on.
1: What yeah, do you, you think?
2: Know,
5: I I would love to to get uh, judges who will you know really apply the laws and uh, the Constitution as it's written, and and really show that you know this is a a true right of self defense, and and everyone is entitled to that right. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to to those judges taking these cases on and and really applying the laws that should be applied and not putting in their personal opinions too.
1: Boy, wouldn't that be nice. All right, hey, buddy. As always, folks, hopefully you never need him, but if you ever do, CAFirearmsLaw.com or 760-431-9501. John Dillon, Gatsky. Dillon and Balance, LLP. Thanks, buddy. All right, bye, guys. <clears throat> all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We got a whole lot more. We got Casey from Gun Range, San Diego. He's going to tell you all kinds of cool stuff, so don't you touch that dial. Right here on FM 96.1. AM 1170.
3: The answer.
1: Okay, hey, welcome back to Gun Sports Radio. I'm Dave. Here's Lance. I'm Michael. And this is FM 961, AM eleven seventy, the answer. Hey folks, you've heard us tell you all the time about how easy it is to install a Cali key and how to make your AR rifle California legal in recognition of recent gun law changes. Well, those law changes can put the unknowing owner of an AR-15 or an AR-10 on the wrong side of a jail door. If you want your AR to keep its pistol grip, telescoping stock, for grip, and still have a detachable magazine, check out Cali Key. Cali Key is a cost-effective, easy solution that will allow you to keep your AR compliant and future-proof your AR from all those horrible new California gun laws. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. That's Cali Key, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y. K A L I K E Y dot com. All right. Hey, this segment brought to you by the Gun Range San Diego, 7853 Balboa Avenue in San Diego, 10 to 10, seven days a week. The Gun Range San Diego.com. Take a look at that website. They are the Nordstrom's of Gun Ranges, just not the price. 858 573 1911. Hey, Casey, what's kicking today?
6: Oh, uh, you know, we're staying pretty busy. We've actually been a flamed on of the I've been really, really busy today, which is nice. Kind of tapering down a little bit, but we're keeping it cooling in here uh, inside the range. A little hot, but we got ice water out here waiting for people.
1: You got air conditioning?
6: Yeah, we got air conditioning inside, but in the range, unfortunately not, because of how the filtration system. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, gets, it gets a little warm in there. It gets a little toasty, but, you know, most people, they can just handle it because they want to shoot.
1: There you I go. You can't blame them. How bad could it be, huh?
6: Yeah, exactly. So, topic for the day. I know we usually talk about our nine mils and gloves and stuff like that. We're going to talk about some forty-five, good old forty-five ACP. It's one of the oldest rounds still in use in the military. The Marine Corps uses it, which will be their M forty-five A one, which is based is a Colt nineteen eleven. Uh, majority of the 1911s we carry in here will be forty fives. Uh, there are some nine mil ones, but we use a Springfield. The other forty-five that we like is our HKs. We actually just got a couple new HK Experts in, which is their five and a half inch barrels, their Marksman pistols. I may or may not have bought one yesterday. <laughs> we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. May or may not. No, I definitely did. Uh, if you want like an outstanding piece of just German engineering, come in and check out these HKs. They're just absolute tack drivers. But the cool thing about the 45, you know, comparison with the 9mm, there's always that debate of, oh, you know, 45 stopping power, 9mm capacity. I mean, as long as you have good rounds on target, that's all that it comes down to. I, I like my 45s. You just have to get used to, they are going to be one heavier recoil to it, lower magazine capacity, and then your follow-up shots are going to be a little bit slower. Now, you can run 45s pretty fast, but Takes time and practice, and big hands.
2: Mm-hmm. And I run. Uh, I know ten round mm-hmm. magazines in mine. Do you? Exactly, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. So you
6: have the uh, hanging out. The back. The TRP. Yep, that TRP operator with that full rail on it. Oh baby. Any good rule? Good rule. Of thumb with 45s, Get the biggest, heaviest gun you can, just because it's going to help with that recoil. Now it's not going to be like flying out of your hands or anything, but a heavier gun, longer barrel
2: is just going to be that much smoother to shoot. I prefer so, yeah, it over TR- a forty.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, forty. Yeah, you know, I think the forty's got change. too
2: much of a wrap for me.
6: It does. Forty forty cal is an absolute snapper of a round. Like you feel it every time. Uh, forty cal is starting to go obsolete for the most part. Law long, law long enforcement's getting rid of them. The uh, Border Patrol got rid of it, or is getting rid of it. Um, in the nineties, it was a decent round just because of a new revolutionary one. But when it comes down to it, there's so much force and recoil into that that it has issues with guns. It t- tends to break them and wear them down more. Um, with how the 9 mils and the 45s are now, they outperform 40 cal all day, every day. So we usually advocate 9s or 45s. Those are kind of like the standard of rounds out there. And there's other ones, you know, like 357 Sig, which is a really good round, too. It's just harder to find, more expensive to shoot, and it's not as mainstream, I guess you can say. But the 45s, you can always find them everywhere. Almost every single brand out there or firearm company makes a 45 just because it is tried and true.
3: And I think doesn't Mike carry a .45? I do. I have a Glock that's forty five caliber. My uh, mm-hmm. my nephew, my younger nephew, he refers to it as uh, .45 AARP. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's that's not that's, okay. not, <laughs> that's not fair at all. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. So, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts to hear that. It's, a little, it's a little hurtful. You no, know, it's.
6: Yeah. We have a couple of guys that carry 45. It's just, it's just a good round. You know, there's, if you can run it, you can shoot it and you're comfortable with it. Hey, go with it. I've, I shoot with my 45 just as well with my nine mil, just because I've trained with it. And that's all that it comes down to. You know, I have these people are hell bent on, you know, Oh, nine mils is the only way to go Eh situation disc chasing And it's kind of what your shooter preference is. I like carrying 45s. I do. I like my 45 rounds. I'm effective with it. Um, it's just personal branding, you know, that as I said, argument, you know, stopping
3: power nine mil whatever. Oh. Just- well, part of the part of the reason, correct me if I'm wrong, part of the reason I think there was a controversy, you know, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. um, is uh, 45s are uh, typically subsonic, nine mm-hmm. millimeters are typically uh, supersonic, and and then right. some they're very it's a very, very fast round, which makes them you Know more accurate technically, but mm-hmm. um, until the technology caught up, um, uh, with nine millimeter meaning that you know the hollow points actually you know work and that sort of thing, nine millimeters right. didn't have the stopping power because they went mm-hmm. they, they were so fast, they would go right through the right. target. But yeah, that, they that's they not were really just, you
6: know, they're flying, they were like little laser beams, they're going straight through their target, so that was the big issue with them. You'd see shoots where, like, in law enforcement, they they hit their target you know a dozen times and it was still going, but modern technology starts ha- helping out with that. You know, it's the federal HSTs and critical duty rounds out there that just are amazing rounds with the, how they expand. Yeah, you know, modern times it comes down to it. The 45s, like, if I, you know, so California, we can't have suppressors. If I was ever to run suppressed, I'd always do 45s, We preferred, just because I like that it can be a, a subsonic a little bit easier. Nine mils, you can get subsonics, and they can be very quiet too, but... I just like the 45, and actually the uh, SEAL Team Six definitely, guys. That's actually one of their main pistols of choice is the HK 45 Tactical, and that's one of the ones that they run.
2: And let's talk about ta- uh, you know um, competition for a second because a lot mm-hmm. of people shoot 9 millimeter because it's it's less expensive, and I have them too. Exactly. but... I, I shoot 45 because it knocks down the target. When you're shooting at those steel targets, and, and sometimes, I mean, nine does what the best it can, but mm. sometimes you have to hit, you know, it takes a couple rounds to knock that bad boy down. Yeah, exactly. You hit it with a 45, that baby goes. Not only that, mm-hmm. but I've had it ricochet off and knock down two targets. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, exactly.
6: It's so, like, whoa. 45 is just that kinetic energy of that slug hitting yes. your target. It does, it's catastrophic.
5: Mass
2: it's really and energy. Um, yeah, you
6: know, you just, it's just a trade off. You know, with your 45, you're going to have. Lower round capacity, it's just how it is. Yeah. But as long as you train for that and are cognizant of your mount or your uh, magazine capacity, you won't have issues. You know, the 45s and 9 mils. A lot of people do for competitions. And they actually run some 40 cals and they'll, you know, they'll lessen the load of it. So 40 cals still have plenty of kinetic energy. Yeah. And they'll have it shooting. It'll be kind of like a cross between a 9 mil and a 45 you have the speed and the recoil of a 9, but the kinetic energy of a 45, so.
2: And then the average round, let's talk about the average round cost for a second. So the average round mm-hmm. for a 9mm, a I mean, most people just shoot just the average stuff, you know, when they're out there, whatever the case may right. be. You know, what's that versus a, a 45? So 45 is 45, more, but percentage-wise, how much more would you say?
6: If you, Yeah, usually with our bulk ammo, we'll do it like a 10.50 a box for 9 or sorry, 10 to 11.50 a box of 9mm. 45 usually goes up to like, 1650 so there's you know it's there's going to be yeah it is yeah. a significant difference right. that's the thing about the 45s they're expensive to feed for the most part but again you can find good bulk pricing and the thing about the 45s you definitely don't shoot them as much as 9 mil just because your hands do get sore at least
2: mine do i'm not with that trp man <laughs> that, that boy just <laughs> goes all day but yeah. anyway pretty cool probably that hk also that is probably the same way yeah
6: yeah, that new HK. We have a, we have the HK forty five C on our range, which is an awesome, awesome, awesome gun. And then we got these new experts in here. And with these experts, you know, they're big target guns. Like, I mean, it's a big gun, and it's just so smooth
2: shooting. Speaking of that, weren't you guys selling some off roster uh, stuff that was in, their, in your rental fleet? Yep,
6: yep we were selling uh, we were selling a lot of our off roster guns, but a lot of the ones are actually brand new. Uh, we still have a sale going for any law enforcement out there. We do have a major. We have a ton of off roster firearms that we've just had here in stock, and we're just cleaning house with them. So, what, so what is. We're
1: it? Running, we're, Casey, what's yeah. an off roster gun?
6: Off roster gun is one that California deems not safe to sell to the public unless you're law enforcement. Ah. So, with the handgun roster that came in, I believe it was like nine ish years ago, those are pretty much guns that California says, ooh, scary, dangerous. You can't sell that unless you're. Law enforcement.
2: So, gotcha. so that means you can't sell those to anybody but law enforcement, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just to so the and public. No, that's
6: knows. Why in in our range, like yeah, on the range, we'll have off roster guns because there's a lot of cool guns we want people to shoot. Yeah. When it comes to our sales side, we don't display any off roster firearms just because we don't want to tantalize people. You know, I don't right. want to be like showing them. Oh, this is such a great gun, cool. Oh yeah, can I buy it? No. In
2: <laughs> you know, real quick, we run out of time, but um. I was yesterday uh, talking to the Colt representative, and he told Mm -hmm. me that um, most of their stuff is now off-roster just because they changed just a couple of parts or something like that four years ago. I have a Colt 45 Defender, and he says, yeah, you you can't buy that anymore, I guess. I'm, like, shocked. Yeah, they'll change
6: the logo, they'll change a part, and then it changes the whole guns in California's eyes, and you're screwed at that point. It had nothing to
2: do with micro-stamping. It had all to do with this whatever. They could change a
6: wow That's what happened to Rock Island Armory because we had 15 of these Rock Island Armory Tactical 1911s, and mm-hmm. then they changed part of their logo and they fell off the roster. So that's why we have so many of these for sale because we've got them at a good price. And now we're just like, well, can't sell them, so we're we're taking a hit on these ones. In all honesty, you know, we're taking like 20 buck hit on them. But that's why we're selling them so dirt cheap because we can't sell them to anybody else. So yeah. might as well just get rid of them.
3: It's law enforcement though. You have to sell to right. Yep. yep. That safe handgun roster is oh. inarguably a de facto pistol ban. Mm-hmm. A slow-moving Absolutely. de facto pistol ban. And very effective.
6: Yeah, yeah Well, you got to think, how long is Glock going to keep horrible. making these Gen 3s for us? You know, I know They're going to want to do it forever. They're going to market for it out here, but still, it's just, how long can these guns be made before none of
2: them are deemed Well, that's like for, we all live in Cuba. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah you you know, exactly. How many parts can you
1: make for that car, yeah. anyway? Yeah. Well, well, How
2: many times can I scout this thing to make it run? I know. We all well,
1: have
3: 57 Chevys. Got it. Love your show. Yeah, with, uh,
1: with Russian uh, diesel four cylinders in them <laughs> yes, and tractor crazy. front ends. Crazy.
3: All right, That's buddy. Parts
1: all right. Get back to the range. That's Casey. Yes, sir. At Gun Range San Diego. Make sure you check these boys out. They're awesome. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1. AM
3: 1170,
1: The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Sports Radio, FM 961, AM 1170, Mikey. The Answer. Hey, do you or any of your family keep a taser, pepper spray, firearm, or other weapons for personal protection? you have or are you going to get a CCW? Well, if you were involved in an incident, got pulled over, and a police officer decided to take you to jail, what would you do about bail and expensive lawyer costs? Well, I've got an easy solution. Firearms Legal Protection. For less than $10 a month, you'll have a peace of mind knowing a 24-hour hotline and legal representation is waiting for you and your family. You don't say a word. You call Firearms Legal Protection at 844-357-9400. Or go to a website at firearmslegal.com, sign up, protect you and your family. That's firearmslegal.com, firearmslegal.com. Well,
3: Michael, who have you got calling in? We have uh, a, a candidate for the assembly in the 76th Assembly District, which is uh, like North County Coastal, mm-hmm. uh, Ray Pearson. Ray, are you there? I am here, yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? Fantastic. So uh, you're running for the uh, uh, Assembly 76, right? Yes, I am. I am running for the 76, and currently I'm a school board member in Carlsbad. Excellent. And uh, talk to folks a little bit about uh, what, what, what can you do in Sacramento. So let's say you get elected. What are you going to be able to do for the average gun owner in Sacramento? Or or what types of things would you like to see? Or what kind of conversations would you like to have? Talk to us about why gun owners are going to put all their eggs in your basket.
0: Yeah. And thank you, by the way, for uh, having me on your show again. Uh, It's great to be back. Um, I think the, the timing is really good timing to talk about some things that have been happening nationally just in the last couple of days with some of the terrible, terrible shootings that have been happening. But let's remember, um, and I think all of you would appreciate this, it's not the gun that did the killing, it was the person behind who pulled the trigger. And I think the conversation in Sacramento really is not about any more restrictive regulation. I think the real conversation is who are these people who are doing these mass shootings? May it be in Gilroy, may it be in Texas, may it be in Ohio. And I think until we start addressing that part of it we're, we're, it's window dressing. It may look politically right, correct, but I'm not going to Sacramento to do things politically correct. I'm going to Sacramento to solve problems. And if we really want to solve this problem, we have a mental health issue that transcends not only about mass shooting, It transcends homelessness. It transcends drug and alcohol addiction. And, and that's where I'm going to Sacramento for, because when we look at North coastal, we have certainly those kinds of problems on homeless, alcohol, drug addiction, but it's a mental health problem.
3: I so agree with you. I really yeah, do. Absolutely. So talk to me about, you know, we've had a couple of horrible incidents uh, this weekend and, and, uh, uh, even more the last couple of weeks. What, well, how do you feel about it? Like what, what do you think should have happened or what can we do better? How can, how can, you know, how can people be safe in, in, uh, in their neighborhoods?
0: You know, I'm glad you said being safe in our neighborhoods. I'm going to address that. But you asked me how I feel. I feel terrible. I really do. I'm a a parent. I have three grown kids. They're all married. Uh, One of them has uh, three children. Um, And safety is a big deal. And so let's talk about locally safety and making sure that our law enforcement have all the tools necessary in this current environment to keep us safe. And there's there's some legislation that's going through Sacramento right now that makes it difficult for police officers to keep us safe, frankly. Absolutely. And, and, and I don't support that type of legislation because I believe in our law enforcement. I believe in our firefighters and they do one heck of a job. Yeah, there's there's a few bad ones, but I got to tell you. You know, I was talking to some law enforcement in Carlsbad yesterday. I said, you guys do an incredible job about policing yourselves. And it's not that easy in California anymore to become a law enforcement person to do that. So let's start with that piece. The second piece is this. Um, if we are truly gonna change a culture that has a lot of hate going on, um, then that, that, is, that is a community effort, community by community. And I'll just speak for North County is that we have a great organization here, started with kids, it's called Kids for Peace, I gotta tell you. And their whole messaging is about peace. And, you know, they're really teaching adults to honor each other's differences um As well, and you know that sounds like mandy pandy stuff but i got to tell you at the at the heart of a lot of what we 're seeing in this country is a lot of hateful people, and then you add in their mental health problems, and that 's a really dangerous formula so let me get to the mental health problem well ray i, I don 't so, think it 's
3: namby-pamby at all i think it's it 's fantastic, and I think it sounds like a really great program, but one of the things we talk about a lot is you know we we break it down to the uh, you know the the most simplest term, which is Uh, The only thing stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, and we've done a lot to get CCWs issued in San Diego. Um, You know, what are your thoughts on that phrase, and and, and how do you feel about that? So, uh, go back. Is this Michael? Yeah, yeah. Hi, Ray. Michael, go go back and ask me that question again. Sure. So, one of the things that we say a lot is is you know we break it down to kind of its simplest phrase, which is. Um, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is uh, a good guy with a gun. And we've done a lot to make sure that, that, you know, sane, trained, law-abiding people in San Diego can get CCWs. So what are your thoughts on on that phrase? What are your thoughts on that general idea for keeping people safe, that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun?
0: So I agree. And I think you should have every right to um, protect your home. And I believe every law enforcement person has the right to protect themselves from being harmed or killed by a bad guy with a gun. And by the way, I, you know, some of the guns that the bad guys have now are not just pistols. They're um, they have some very dangerous weapons that they have no business having. And it puts law enforcement at a disadvantage a lot of times. I do like a lot, and this is not me speaking, but law enforcement continues to train about how to diffuse of one of those crazy incidences, but at the end of the day, I want to make sure law enforcement is able to protect themselves and protect the people around them. And if, if you know, if if they have to shoot somebody, God forbid they have to shoot somebody, I'd rather have them shoot somebody than them being shot or they sh- or the uh, the bad guy shooting somebody else. I mean, um, I think that's just practically speaking. And I know some people are going, well, the police officers are making bad calls on who they shoot. I I can only speak from my experience in North County and our law enforcement sheriffs, Carlsbad PD, Oceanside PD. And I'm completely confident that if they have to make that decision, they've gone through every protocol possible to try to defuse that situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I, if anyone wants to um, debate that with me, I would encourage them to go and see what the training is for any of these, Sheriff's Department, uh, OPD, Oceanside po- Police Department, Carlsbad PD, before they come to that conclusion.
3: Now, do you, there's going to be a huge push for an assault weapons ban, and they've actually expanded that, uh, that rhetoric, that assault weapons ban rhetoric to any semi-automatic firearm, which is somewhere around 85% of the firearms sold out there. But, you know, they're going after assault weapons, so-called assault weapons, Um, you know, how do you feel about that?
0: It still goes back to it's not the gun that does the the damage. It's the person behind the gun that does the damage. If we start the conversation, any conversation, no matter what side of the the discussion you're on, if we can't agree with that, then it then it goes sideways very quickly. But if we agree that there's somebody who's got some problems then let's address the real problem and try to solve it. It's not the weapon. It's not the gun. It's not the firearm. That's the problem. It's the person behind the firearm.
3: Yeah,
1: and and I think social media needs to do a better job. When these, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, when they see people posting things, and, and you can't tell me they're not looking at everybody's posts, they need to get involved in that. And to
3: let that, you know, go, that's not good. Well, I appreciate it. So, Ray, you have an event coming up on Tuesday. You want to tell everybody about the event real quick?
0: Yeah, I really do. And, and, and Michael, I want to thank you and all your membership for being a co-sponsor on this, along with Lisa and Greg Gunther of Gunther Guns in Carlsbad. I, I don't want to take time to do advertisements, but, you know, we had a great conversation about some of the things we've been talking about today. Uh, so it's Tuesday, August 6th at 630. It's a fundraiser. Yes, it is. And, you know, we have an uphill battle to, uh, to win this, but we have a great opportunity to uh, to win this campaign, uh, to bring some uh, practical thinking, Sacramento, and to take somebody uh, who's coming out who's really not really positive for Gun owners and firearm owners is going to be continued to do, try to regulate and regulate. In fact, I think the philosophy of them is take every gun away from everybody.
3: Sure. It sure uh, seems that way. That. So it's 6 o'clock, Gunther Guns in six, Carlsbad. Six 6.30, six 30 Gunther Guns yes. in Carlsbad. Uh, people can just show up, or if they want to RSVP, what's your website?
0: Um, it's not on my website, actually. It's on Lisa and Greg Gunther, Gunther Guns. Uh, it's a Second Amendment fundraiser for them.
3: Okay, so go to GuntherGuns.com, uh, dot dot com, and uh, I'll see you Tuesday, Ray. I look forward
0: to it. Thank you for all your time. Thank you for all you're doing.
3: All right, thank Ray. You thank you, too. Thank you so hey, folks,
1: we really want to thank all our sh- show sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners. Go to com. Best $10 you'll ever spend. The Gun Range, Diego.com, The best gun range you're ever going to find. The Gun Range, SanDiego.com, CAFirearmsLaw.com if you need a lawyer, Gatsky, Dillon & Balance, LLP, FirearmsLegal.com for $10, protect the whole family, and K A L I K E Y K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com, and I really want to thank Lance Pelkey, Michael Schwartz, K C Heckroth, John Dillon, Brendan, our board op, and Sam the Gunman whenever he has time to call in. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer.